saw a dead head sticking on a Cadillac. A little voice inside my head said, don't look back, you can never look back. I thought I knew what love was, what did I know? Those days they're gone forever, I should just let them go, but now I can see you. Brown skin shining in the sun You got the top pulled down in your radio on, baby And I can tell you my love for you Will still be strong after the boys of summer All right, and we are back, and uh, Pete is not He's he's trying to connect, here we go again All right <laughs> <laughs> but we'll hopefully get him. That was um that was one of his new singles. Uh, obviously a cover of Don Henley's "The Boys of Summer." He didn't write that. I I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but no, he did not. It was not an original song. <laughs> well, but, he um, made it sound like he wrote it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't know if if you checked out any of his music or not, but he's he's solid, man. He's um yeah. I mean, obviously he's got to be decent to be playing. You know, to be out on tour with Brett Michaels and be touring in the most fun band in the world. Let yeah. me tell you, because the bass players, uh, friends with me on social media, Norman, okay, okay. Norman, Norman, and uh, I see their whole tour updates, you know, all right. the time. And people love Brett Michaels. Oh, yeah, For anyone who's never seen Brett Michaels, it's like it's hysteria when, when Brett plays because not just his poison career, but his television career. Rock of Love. As soon as these guys go on these major network television shows, it brings in such a new audience and crossover audience. I mean, he's a full-blown celebrity, and people are always super excited to see him. He puts on very high-energy sure. shows. And so all the pictures I see, the crowds are just going nuts. The band's having the time of their lives. Everybody looks like they're best friends. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I am looking forward to hearing from Pete and hearing about his life with the Brett Michaels band, which it's been probably who knows yeah, how many years, 20 years. He's been years. doing it probably as long as you've been doing it with, with Steven. You guys are like kindred spirits. <laughs> kindred scabs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Unpick scabs for 20 years. <laughs> no, we are pick scabs. Picked by Brett Michaels yeah, and Steven Piercy. That's right. Well, dude, there's worse gigs you could have. I mean, let's face it. You could. They're you both could awesome a, gigs. You could be the 45th guitar player in Molly Hatchet or something. You know, I mean, you, you're in a, you're in a high profile gig. That would be cool too, though. <laughs> Dude, I, I, th- I honestly think if you're a musician, any high profile gig is a good gig. Is it not? Yeah, of course. Any, any name gig helps on your resume, if you will. Yeah. But the people would probably be bummed to find out how little, uh, being a hired guy plays in many circumstances until you've worked yourself up the ladder, or in some cases you have a an old friend. I, you know, it's funny. I actually drove past my old house in the old neighborhood in Carlsbad where I first met Piercy. I was actually drove by there today. His house looked exactly the same, uh, but that definitely was a score. Knowing him, I don't know how long it would have taken me to work up to the level where Stephen would have heard about me uh to to have potentially hired me later on i mean that was just a serendipitous lucky thing and i i guess uh pete knows brett too i think they've known Mm -hmm. each other 
Is, is, oh, here he is. All right, let's we'll find out. There he is. <laughs> What's up, buddy? How you doing? Good. How you doing, Pete? Good to Merry see you, Christmas. man. <laughs> Merry Christmas, man. I, I did not, I don't know what was going wrong. I have everything perfect for like an hour, and then I clicked in, and it went weird. So I'm Yeah, sorry. I saw that it was going weird. I was like, all right, time to fill. <laughs> <laughs> but all good, man. Good to have you on, man. Um, glad to glad to talk to you about um the new uh the singles that you're promoting and the um yes, sir. obviously uh you know the Brett Michaels band and the party gras that just was announced what last week and they made big news of that didn't they yeah they did and, and why not <laughs> yeah. it's a party it's it's a fun time brett brett's been working a lot of years to uh not to take anything away from poison but to get the solo band to that era and that level that the amphitheaters is a headliner and um it means the world to him and they really live nation and him really worked it out and i i was really happy at the way it was announced and the outcome and it was everywhere sure well there you I, go. I, I mean you can you can say that it's all brett and i mean obviously his his pedigree brings people to it but let's be honest if if it was brett with a shit band then nobody would care it's <laughs> I, I mean let's be honest <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll believe that i'll believe that yeah <laughs> Nice. Well, well, Pete, we we've been talking about a number of different things, and I don't know if you know Eric or not, but Eric from um Eric from Stephen Pierce. Yeah, I do. I I don't know that <laughs> we've ever actually hung out. It's good to meet you, but I've, I've been places you are several times. So nice, and I know yeah, Norman. Yeah, I, I was I was telling Chris that Norman's on my Facebook, and he's always been so kind. I first met Norman when he had a, uh, some kind of uh, internet podcast where he broke bands albums and stuff and he was talking about yeah, yeah. his view to a thrill and he was all excited about it and i'm like i love this guy he made the funniest video and then he ended up sending me an ad and we've been friends ever since and i was telling chris how i get to watch you guys the photos of you guys playing live and how how fun it looks because yeah, the fans so, love brett yeah the, the fans love brett and norman's awesome at all that stuff man we i kind of make fun of him a little bit because i've been in brett's band 20 years now right. and uh, i remember the the youthful enthusiasm when I first joined. Uh, and I still have that, but, but Nor Norman is uh, a social media monster. He, he, he puts all that stuff out there. Every we actually had to tell Norman at the beginning, Hey, we'll post the pictures of us. You right. Let, let us, let us pick <laughs> what we want the people to see. But uh, to be, to, to be honest with you, his, his enthusiasm in our band has uh, brought a breathe of, Breathe a breath of fresh, fresh air, air yeah. into into me, man. You know how it gets out there, right? You know, mm -hmm. it's contagious. But, yeah, and, and that's what we, that's what we were saying uh, right before you came on, Pete. Is that you and you and Eric? You, you have the same career, really, just different guys. You know, I mean, Eric's right. done twenty years with Steven. You've done twenty years with Brett. You know, yeah. I, I mean, the, I guess the real question is, do you? do you pine away to do something outside of it? And I mean, obviously you do singles here, but I don't know if you do them for fun or if you do them for a job or, or, or what? And, and I know oh, Eric seems he's comfortable with Steven. And I'm curious for you, are you comfortable with that? Or do you like to still get out there and do your own thing or what? Uh, that goes, there's, yes, I do like to do my own thing. Uh, prior to being in Brett's band, I had, I'd been on the road and spent a lot of time sure. with my own band and, and had had a career and a following and, right. and all that. Um, and, you know, when Brett goes out with poison, 
like he did on the stadium tour, I'll take the opportunity to do some things. That's why I released those singles that I did recently. I did things because he's out doing his thing, you know. Um, but the the loyalty lays with Brett. Twenty years, and he provided me with a uh, a career. What, what I often say about with Brett is he provided me with. I have the answers to every question I ever asked. Okay. <laughs> every everything as a kid, everything I wanted to know. What was it like to have a, a hit record? What was it like to have a number one video? You know, the theme song to Rock of Love was number one on VH1's video countdown for 17 weeks in a row. You know, yeah. uh, uh, all these different things. I, you know, it's not my jet, but I fly around in his private jet all the time. That's I, right. uh, you, you know, uh, I know, I know all the questions that that 16 year old Pete wanted to know, and and that's I have, uh, I have for the most part, I have better stories than anybody I know. And that's all that's worth. All any of this is really worth at the end is the stories you get to tell, Sure, you know, or the stories you can't tell. Right. Okay. So, so then let's take that further. Given that you have all the answers that 16 year old Pete wanted to know, is it a, is it the business that, that you thought it was going to be? Is it a much tougher business than you thought it would be? Where does it, (laughs) where is it better? Uh, Is it more fun? Where does it stay? I, I, in my very first band, um, Some Odd Reason, not my first band, but the first band I was ever signed with, uh, my band was called Some Odd Reason, and we were signed to Richard Goddard's record label. I don't know if you know who Richard is, but Richard and Seymour Steins are the guys that founded Sire Records okay. in the 80s, and they, and they were responsible for Blondie and the Go-Go's. And even farther back than that, Richard wrote the song, My Boyfriend's Back, and You're Gonna Be in Trouble. Uh, and at an early age, uh, I had my lawyer at the time was Ron Beanstock, who the second year that I was working with him, he was voted by Bam Magazine, one of the top 10 most influential people in the music business. Um, I've I've been in the business of making music since I was 20 years old, right? So uh, it... it I've always known the. I'm sorry, my earphone fell out. I'm a, I'm a wreck. Um, I, I've always known. Yeah, I, I've always known the business, and I don't think it's much different. I remember the first time I did a show at an arena with Brett, and I called all my friends back home, and I go, "Hey, guess what? The monitors still suck." And that was kind <laughs> right, of even at the arena level, <laughs> right? And uh, you know, a lot of it's the same. There's a lot of amazing things. There's a lot of different things. My dog is a. Uh, this is Boba, by the way. Boba Hello. Boba has fifteen thousand Instagram followers of his own. And uh, beautiful dogs. And sometimes on on um, what's the other one called that everyone does now? TikTok. Um, TikTok. Sometimes, yeah. On, sometimes on TikTok, he has an automatic fetching machine, and a million people at a time will watch him fetch. Oh, I gotta look this up. <laughs> and I and I and I've played all over the world, and I have hit records, and I have two thousand Instagram fans. Right, <laughs> you know how it goes, right, brother? My cat jumped in on some uh, shots earlier. No, she just left. But you just <laughs> it's the pet show. By tonight. the way, I want I I want to tell you uh, I saw you at the Monsters on the Mountain. Oh, that was a fun time. Yeah, I, I was there. I, I own a I own a candle company called Shining Soul Candle Company, and I was a vendor that weekend out there. And yeah. you can ask everybody. You can ask everybody, man. I, you guys sounded great. Steven seemed to be in the best mood, and uh, it, it, the band sounded better than I'd ever seen it. I thought it was incredible. Oh, that's really nice you say, Pete. Thank you, man. And Monaco on the other guitar. 
Yeah. Wasn't that, wasn't that Johnny's first night or second night or maybe? Uh, yeah, he hadn't been playing with us that long at all. Uh, you know, he's uh, probably been in the band, though, a good now, uh, five months, I would say. So he's pretty comfortable. We're going to play uh, this week in McHenry, Illinois. So we're gearing yeah. up for that. I got it. I got to tell you, and I, I, I make no bones about it. My loyalty is always to Brett and nothing but Brett. Will always, it'll always be that way. But I told Sullivan that night when I saw Monaco up there, I said, dude, why don't you ever just call me when those opportunities come up? If, <laughs> right, if it's no a fill-in or something, I want to play those fucking rat songs. I want to play those songs. Fuck. Yeah. They're fun. They're fun <laughs> guitar songs. But you know what? I was thinking back to when I first started playing guitar and Talk Dirty to Me was absolutely one of the riffs that I first played. Uh, when I was yeah, 15 and got a, my guitar, absolutely. Yeah, and ironically, it's funny that we're we're side guys in the, you know, but uh, you know, Rat and Poison, po Poison's career started opening for Rat. On, That's right. Uh, I think it was a Dancing Undercover tour or whatever. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nice. Now, that's what we were saying before you got started is how you guys' careers are very, very similar. Very similar. I mean, you know, and, and you know, we, we've we've said this before and, I, and I'll ask you, you know, yeah, everybody would like to be in that band, you know, rat, poison, whatever. Sure. But at this point where I don't think I don't think it matters quite as much. I think what matters to people is just hearing the songs and hearing them played well. And, you know, for you, I know, I know how it works with Eric and the fans still come out and they love them. Certainly Brett's doing it on, on almost, if not as big a scale as poison. I mean, not a stadium necessarily, but as big as Pretty poison close. was doing well, but as big right. as poison was doing pre-stadium tour, you right. know, for, for he's headlining this, he's yeah, headlining. That's what, that's what God. I mean is, is it, do you feel like you've really kind of gotten as far as as like the to the top of the mountain the proverbial mountain uh i got as far as i want it to go okay. but i but there's never if you're a creative artistic person and you're an alpha male and you're driven there's never enough because what's next <laughs> now I, I you know I, I to be honest with you i was fine until poison did the stadiums and now i was like well come on brett pull one out of your hat Let's do the stadiums with the solo band. You, you right. know what I mean? You know, sure. but, but you're right. Brett has worked incredibly hard to have both those bands exist correctly. Um, and, and he uses each one for what they're worth. The guys in Poison don't want to work like we work. Brett wants to be out on the road nine months, 10 months out of the year. Poison likes to play uh, 30, 40 dates every two years. So it, it works cohesively together. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and uh, um, for me personally, I'm grateful. Every day I'm grateful. I, sure. I'm 50 years old and I feed my kids by playing my guitar. We're the same age play. too? God damn it. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I play my guitar playing songs that I played in my talent show. You know, I looked up to Poison. It, it, you know, my top favorite five bands of all time were always, it, you know, and Rat was one of them too. It was Van Halen, Kiss, yep. Bon Jovi. Rat and poison, and that that was all that fucking mattered to me for a long, long time, and uh, and so every day, you know, I, I'll t I'll tell you this story. One time, Eddie Trunk was hosting a show that was um, that my band Evic was playing at. Okay, and I'm the singer in that band, and uh, Eddie goes, "Oh man, you're a really good frontman, Pete." 
And all I, I said to Eddie, that's a nice compliment, but I said, Eddie, I spent 15 years next to the best front man on the planet. If I wasn't pretty good at it, I've done something really fucking wrong. Right. You know, <laughs> now, I've had a front row seat to the best education you can have. You know, sure. I, it's, I'm grateful, man. I'm grateful that I get to do things. I'm grateful. You know, even like this today, I, I'm, I'm talking with Stephen Pierce, he's a guitar player, and you. That's fucking cool to me, man. It's still cool. Uh. You know, yeah. yeah, our bosses allowed us to live the dream, really. Right, right. You know right. what I mean? Because the chances of anybody today getting to the point to sell millions of records is 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 really impossible for anybody, let alone some yeah. newcomer. So for us to be able to play these songs that were platinum hits is amazing right. that we got and to still the draw system. people. That's the big <laughs> thing is, and still right. draw people. I mean. You know, these bands that are, there's a lot of great bands that are out there today, but they can't draw anybody because they don't, they didn't have the mechanism that Poison right. had. You know, Poison well, had MTV, Rat had MTV. They don't have it now. Right. But, let, you know, the thing about the, the, what's happening now is both with Steven and, and Brett and not with a lot of their peers is they both, I, I, I'm not trying to sound superficial, they both still look great. True. They right. still look like fucking rock stars from. You can recognize them the as the guys from back then. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very much. You know. And uh, so, so, so we're lucky. We're all lucky. But like you said, no one's selling a million records. It ain't happening. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. No. You sell like actually like a, a few thousand records, and you're on Billboard that week. Well, well so I will tell you, uh, the story. It this is about ten years ago. Um, me and Brett recorded a song with Miley Cyrus called Nothing to Lose. Right. And when it when it came out, the week it came out, it was a very weird time in my life because originally Brett's entire solo band was my band, Evic. Over right, the right. years, over the years, they've gotten tired of it. Not tired of Brett, but they went back to normal life, whatever. And uh, but they were my best friends and my brothers. And my and Brett's friendship had grown so tight that me and Brett were on one bus and the whole rest of the band and crew were on a second bus. And I'd alienated myself from my friends and my family. I was going through a divorce and uh, at the same time. And my point to this is uh, we released that single and the info came back that it was uh, number one on the rock charts and it was on billboard. And it was uh, the album came out at number 17 on billboard and we were the highest added song to radio that first week. Uh, we beat Nickelback and Bon Jovi. Uh, and I, I, to me, that was the greatest achievement I could ever had in my yeah, life. Yeah, bravo. You know there was nothing that could have been. I beat Bon Jovi at record sales. You know, <laughs> and so, so anyway, um, so to moving forward, I couldn't share that with my band because they weren't part of the songwriting and recording process anymore. It right. become me and Brett and, uh, you know, and, uh, I was going through a divorce and I was, I, I didn't, I couldn't call my wife or my family. And I was in a parking lot and I, cause you've probably been to the diamond Joe casino oh, yeah. in Dubuque, Iowa. I was in that parking lot on a cold snowy morning and I woke Brett up to tell him what I thought was the news of this giant success. Right. Well, how many, well, how many records did we sell? And it, it, it was under 10,000. Okay. It, like, like he's talking about, and right. when Brett here, when you hear 
number 17 on Billboard and you're from the 80s and you hear number one added to radio, sure. Brett wanted to hear a number like 100,000 or something like 170, that. 170,000. Yeah. <laughs> and I, rem I remember telling him the number and him just shutting the door and going back to bed like depressed. And there I was all by myself. <laughs> I, was, I, I, I was all by myself. No, he, had ex he, had, he had experienced way better. Everyone in my right. band didn't want to talk to me about what I was going through. But it uh, goes back to your it goes back to your point. Uh, the, the success is measured completely different these days. Man. Sure. I was happy. I've seen that too happen with uh, Stubbs Steven solo records where on the independent rock chart, it was at like, I think 27 or 28. And I was like, that was a proud moment for me. Like, and I didn't yeah. care if that just meant that a, a thousand people bought it or, you know, it's, I mean, yeah. it said it on, on the billboard damn thing. I have it. <laughs> right. So let me, let me ask you, uh, since I, you know, you and me have never got sit around and talked. Are you the music director since you've been there that long? Love yes. the band, like, yeah. And I wrote so, his, so his you, uh, "View to a Thrill" and Smash Records. Uh, we just fifty fifty it because I wrote the music and he wrote his vocals and we recorded it and that's it. So that's awesome. That's so so so. I mean, you're you're in that club with me and Dana Strum and some of those other guys that are. More, you're more than just a guitar player. You're you're part of the functioning business that's running. Yeah, I mean, well, that's a compliment, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're allowed to have a compliment, yeah. bro. <laughs> yeah. you're, I I try, I try to be humble, but I can tell you're out humbling me up there. Like, <laughs> Look, the bottom line is you're both are like we said, you both kind of live in the dream. You know, you're really you're That's both right. having having the um the the proverbial time of your lives, I guess. You know, I mean that's probably the best way to put it, especially you, Pete, sure. with because all right, I, I I mean, I'll be honest, I've had bad run-ins with Brett. I'm just telling you, me and just interviewee type stuff. Nothing, not me though. Really? Not, not, not yeah, me, just, just him. Just you know, Tell caught me him about on bad. It. Well, one time I forgot a few. One time he didn't want to sign autographs for a for a meet and greet type thing. Like You're he was tired. Him. I'll tell him I don't care. You know, he, he he didn't he 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 didn't want to sign autographs. I made a big stink about it. Big John came at me, and <laughs> it, it was kind of really? yeah. It was kind of when, when when was this man? Two thousand maybe 2001 i mean it's a long time ago it's not was wow. it last month or something it was it was definitely poison and it was it was like poison docking and skid row or something big john and gave you gave you a beat down he he came at me and i was like dude i'm a big boy too you may beat my ass but you'll remember hey, he's in a he, he's in a wheelchair and running on batteries now you can take him yeah, yeah no, it's sad. i did see him <laughs> that at that monsters on the mountain actually that yeah. sucks but he he actually went back to see you guys came back over to my candle booth and uh yeah. was in tear he was in tears at how welcomed he was by you guys he yeah he what so a excited. nice guy i couldn't believe it we there was he had his own there was a minute there where Big John almost had his own reality show. This was yeah, probably yeah. like 10 years ago, being a bodyguard and stuff. It was, uh, and I remember we actually did a song. He wanted, like, Wanted Man or something to be this, the yeah. soundtrack for the show. And so was, I, was this, he, was this the show when he was doing the bounty hunting and stuff? Yeah. 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 He really so worked did, hard at that. He shot the pilot. And I remember I played on this thing too. 
and he did a rat song. I didn't write it or anything, but we, uh, yeah. some of the lyrics I think changed to, to fit the show or whatever. And I was super excited about this, you know, I was like, oh, yeah. cool, another, but I guess it, you know, and it's how the business goes. It didn't get picked up, but I thought it was great. I watched yeah. it. That's cool. I, I got to tell you, I, I, you know, I apologize if you had some kind that's really a weird story to hear from Brett. Cause you know, I'm sure you've heard Brett is very, very, Gracious I, to the fans. It is weird to hear. I doubt. I, I mean, it, and again, you you know, and again, I'm not trying to hammer him. I'll, I'll just say, could have been having a bad day. You know, you know, might not have been happy with this. I mean, you know, you, I, I've been in the business long enough now. Now I was new at that point, so I was really like angry. Bacon's face. Yeah, I was no, really I angry back in those days. But now that I've done this for a long time, I know it could be anything. It could be a manager telling them they lost the tour, like when he got off stage, he wasn't in the mood. It could be right. Anything. Well, if it, if it was a poison tour, it could have been him and Bobby fighting. Yeah, so. that or mm -hmm. CC or anybody, because that was at the right. time when they all had their own fan clubs, and CC yeah. was running around with sandwich boards trying to take Brett's fans over yeah. to him. And I mean, yeah. it, it was Say what? No, you don't know about all that. Know that? Uh, it was enticing them with sandwiches. Come on, no, guys. no, the the sandwich boards that you wear over that say like have a sign. And he was trying to lure Brett's people oh, okay. over to his. I thought you literally met with sandwiches. No, not no, no, no. He was wearing a sandwich. <laughs> Are these back board. Rolls He's or? wearing a sandwich board. It was it was <laughs> real weird. It, it, it was the bizarre. Whole, the whole situation was really bizarre. But um, but you know, and I don't want to. Well, I can I can promise you, you'll never have an experience like that again. Well, I good. promise you that. Very good. <laughs> well, dude, I'll tell you one thing that I experienced that was great was your new video for Best Days. What oh, a thank you. I, I love the song. I love the performance. And I hate to be the be the one to admit this, but I will. I think I liked the acting part ahead of the actual performance better because it just threw me back to write what you were trying to showcase, which was a kid in 1987, 88, whatever year, just putting those records on and just rocking the hell out, man. Good stuff. So, so the kid is my son. Okay, in the video, who has launched his own career now and has uh, has his first video out too. But uh, the kid is my son. The car is my childhood friend's car that I've known ever since uh, since we were in Cub Scouts together, and it's the same car I had back in the day. It's his actual high school vehicle that he still has for some reason. Uh, the high school <laughs> is the high school I went to, and the house is my house that I grew up in. The only thing that's not authentic is the basement is not, is I recreated the basement in someone else's house to look like my basement as a kid. The guitar, the green BC rich is my guitar. I've got it right here on the wall over here that okay. I've had since 1986. Uh, so I did everything I could to make that beginning feel like it was your life and my life in 1988. You know, are, are those all your vinyls? Yes, everything in that was okay. mine. Yep. Because yeah, <laughs> I was much. looking at it, I was like, wow, those are all in really good shape. You know, I, I, immediately the collector in me is like, those are all in mint condition. <laughs> look at well, that. They're not. They're not. I laid no? them out to look. I laid them out to look that way, but they were real and they're the original copies and they were stuff that I played. Okay. I didn't, I, you know, uh, I had to reshoot the video, the one of the scenes twice because, uh, I put passion. If you if you watch it closely, underneath the turntable, fifty one fifty is sitting up 
yeah, yeah. in the screen. And originally Passion Warfare was in the screen. And right before we got done rapping for the day, I said, I better check that. And it turned out that Warfare did. Yeah, Warfare came out in a ninety, I think, and yeah, and this the video is set to be specifically in nineteen eighty eight. So yeah, I, I thank oh. you, thank <laughs> thank you for watching though, and I appreciate that you understood what it's about, man. Yeah, I I loved it, man. It, it, it's funny because I I watched it on back to back days with the Steel Panther nineteen eighty seven video, and I don't know if you've seen that one yet, but that's I, I haven't. I watched it on the plane the other day. I didn't know it was out, and it came through my feed, so I haven't listened to it yet. I but I watched the video. It, it, it's there's kind a poison of, part in there. Yeah, I gotta there. watch it. I'll watch it when we're done. Yeah, it, it's really fun, and it's just like, wow, look at this, 1987, 1988. My God, I'm home. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Man, those guys in Steel Panther, you got to give it to them, right? You sure they do. carved out something. Out of nowhere, they took they attacked the world with it, and and people bought it, man. What a what a I I t again, my kids, twenty years old, and for the last three years, if they come to town, I have to take him, man. He's a, he's a, he they 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 touched into something that that struck a nerve with our age and the younger generation, man. Sure, no, they did, and 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 obviously, you know, the bands that you both play in touched in in a way. It is it's a it's ironic to me, and and I'll I'll ask you guys what you think. Don't take your own bands out of it. Take Brett out of it. Take Steven out of it. All of those bands from that era have absolute license to have a career now, and I think we are the first generation, the '80s generation, that can say that. '90s doesn't. 2000. I mean, there are bands. There's obviously a few bands in each generation, '60s, '70s, but '80s. I think anybody that had any kind of success in the eighties can still get out there and do it with some success today. Do you agree? Agreed. Yeah, I, I, so I agree a hundred percent, but I, you know, I'm from the Washington DC area. Mm -hmm. So my, what you're saying, I, I have an interesting take on that because sure. I was born and raised and you live and die for kicks. Okay. Yeah. Where I'm from. Sure. You right. don't, they're from Baltimore, you don't, Maryland or something, right? Or they're from technically Hagerstown, but okay. th yeah, they were considered a Baltimore band. But when we were growing up, you know, they were, they were, they were everything. You That's how sure. you measured whether you played or looked cool as if you looked like kicks in our area. <laughs> and, right. and, the, and the interesting thing is to this day, this kind of new resurgence kicks is more popular, sell more tickets and do better now than they ever did. Even yeah. when they had their, the first couple of hits on MTV, they still never uh, breached that success like rat or poison had. And now they, you know, they're, you know, you don't do one of these festivals or boats without kicks being one of the main acts. Sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. And yeah, you know, you know, it's weird thinking back at it. I, I wonder why kicks didn't, do you think it was that they just had a little too, little too much Southern for, you know, that they were, and I'm not comparing them musically, but it, it, they're in the same boat as like a junkyard junkyard had a little bit of that Southern twang to it. I mean, they were from the South from Texas or wherever, but I think kicks was had junkyard that too. From Texas? Yeah, I think so. Aren't they? I think they're from, I Texas. never knew that. I'm pretty sure they're from that. Texas, but um, um, but I, I no, I don't, that, I don't think that was Kix's problem. I will tell you what I do. Okay, um, is Kix actually much like Dokken, 
started in the 70s. True. Right. And they were already in their 30s when okay. the 80s came. And by the time you were getting to don't close your eyes and blow my fuse, you had these guys were uh, 34 and 35 years old already. And right. I think that that had a little bit to do with it. You know, because when Steven or Brett or any of these guys were really having their first hits and their first success, they were in their 20s. And the music right. is about youth. Music the Timmy Bopper crowd, the Circus Magazine. The, the There's these magazines yeah. that catered to the younger rock guys and who had the better hair and, uh, yeah. and that. But Kicks, I mean, the, in their defense, though, I mean, they, they look exactly the same. All Like 40 years later, it's like yeah. incredible. Looks, it really is. What white men looks exactly it's I scary and sounds exactly the same sounds exactly i met that dude when i was 14 years old <laughs> and you're exactly right he is i'm 50 and he's the same exact dude he was that day <laughs> he <laughs> he's actually down and sleeps in a coffin i don't know yeah he's actually a much happier dude than he ever was because he uh you know I don't know if you guys know the kicks history, but the guy that actually wrote the music and used to run the band, Donnie Parnell. Yeah. Uh, do you know the story? I, I, well, tell, I know. Tell our people, Donnie. Go ahead and tell, tell it for Donnie. people that don't know. It. There's nothing to tell. It's he's a complete douchebag. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and, and he made it really intolerable and unenjoyable to be a member of kicks for a long time. Yeah, and that's why they formed Funny Money, right? And did Funny Money. I produced the very first my Funny oh, Money single ever. Yeah, okay. right. I and remember was, that band. Yeah, it was the most the most amazing thing ever happened. I, uh, me, and my drummer Chuck owned a recording studio and rehearsal facility in Virginia, uh, and I was I was producing just local bands and stuff like that. And uh, Kicks uh, had disbanded, and Stephen put Funny Money together, and and I'd never had the opportunity to record a professional yet, like a real professional. And Steven came in and, uh, or, or not Steven, I'm sorry. Uh, um, Steve. Why can't I think of it? Steve Whiteman. Oh, Whiteman. His name is Steve too. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm thinking, right, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, White, Whiteman came in and uh, he, it was a cheap trick cover they were going to do for a cheap trick compilation record. And he sang the take and it blew my mind. And I hit the talk back button. I said, Steven, would you like to come in and listen? That's what you say. You know right what I mean? Now. I was trying to be a fucking professional. And he goes, no, I got it. <laughs> and I went, I went, I've never in my life heard someone with such confidence. I sound yeah. like he got it, but shouldn't we check and make sure? He goes, no, no, just hit me again, double it, and we'll be done. And yeah. it was the most pro thing I'd ever seen in my fucking life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, so Pete, with with your with you doing singles right now, is this is is it business? Is it pleasure? Is it, what are the singles the the Pete Evick songs versus the you know obviously the Brett Michaels is it's fun, but it's your job. You know what is what is Pete Evick for you now? The the label, the uh, brand. You know what. Um... I, I'm very lucky. I have a, a, a lot of people that, that are interested in things I do. You know, I'm out this whole month of December, me and Chad Stewart right. from Faster Pussycat are out doing acoustic shows. Uh, and uh, all of that is just fun. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not going, Oh, I'm writing the number one song and going to, you know, climb above my career with Brett. Uh, 
the, the stuff that I did, the, the 99 Red Balloons cover and the uh, my best days from Evic purely were um, out of time I had during COVID, to be honest with you. Okay. Was that you know, same with uh, Boys of Summer, too? Oh, I forgot. I forgot that I did the Boys of Summer. Yeah, let me tell I you about your career. <laughs> I, I I just did that two weeks ago. Um, no, to be honest with you, um, again, when, when Brett went out and did the um, stadium tour, I started booking me and my drummer, Chuck, before I got doing this with Chad, uh, acoustic shows to work, just okay. to do the work, you know? Um and and it was really great because for a long time in my local town, uh, where I'm from, Manassas, Virginia, um, I stopped playing and connecting as a local musician in the area because I was so busy with Brett, and I wanted to be perceived as that. I, I wanted to perceived be perceived as the guy that went on and and did good for himself. You know what I mean? Um, and then something clicked partially during COVID and also because of the stadium tour. And I just wanted to go back and reconnect. And sure. I wanted to grab an acoustic guitar and play all those little bars that I used to play and dream about being who I ended up being. Right. You know, and, and I just wanted to put my feet back on the ground and, and just remember, remember those days. And so I went out all summer long with me and Chuck and we played, uh, three and four nights a week, all up and down the the coast of Virginia. I like to play the beach towns and all the all the Eastern Shore stuff. And sure. we, we just played all over the summer and just had fun with it. I didn't do my hair. I wore half the time I wore my hoodie or my Shining Soul shirt. Um, and, and I just we went in with a little PA. I set the PA up myself. I hooked everything up myself. I I and I just started strumming and playing like I'd never had the success I had with Brett, like it never even happened. And I really fucking enjoyed it, man, on a oh level God. of happiness that you, you can't believe. And so my point to that was um, I recorded the acoustic version of Boys of Summer because it became one of the staple songs we were doing in the night. Okay. And I just record, I recorded it, and then we shot a video for it at one of the bars that we'd been playing all summer. But I only did – I really only released that um, – because I think it's a neat version of the song. Yeah. It's one of my favorite songs, but it's also a marker for me to go back and go and remember what I did this summer. That's really, it's just for me. Okay. Well, it's cool. I, I, we played a little of it leading into you coming on and it's, it, it's a, it's a cool song. And I, I, I'll say this and I'm sure you'll probably take it as a compliment, but you sound a hell of a lot like Brett on this and on best days. I mean, you sound like him. <laughs> Well, so it's very kind of you, and I will never ever uh, <laughs> deny. Like I told you, I played Poison songs in my in my high school talent show, you know. Uh, but I will say that my voice, more than Brett, is usually compared to John Bon Jovi's. Okay. Ooh. Hopefully, and, then and, not now. <laughs> oh yeah, not now. It's so funny you say that. It's like it used to be a compliment. Now, when someone says, "I'm like fuck," what do you mean? <laughs> you don't mean like you don't mean I sounded like him last year, right? <laughs> you know right. what I mean? But uh, but uh, that in fact the song "My Best Days" is uh, I don't know if you saw or the story about it, but uh, when I started writing it during COVID, mm -hmm. I went I went oh man, it's a Bon Jovi song, it's <laughs> just a Bon Jovi song, and then I went 
instead of trying to make it not sound like Bon Jovi, I went completely over the edge and on purpose did everything I could to make it sound like Bon Jovi. Right. And right up, right up to the last minute that I was mixing it, I had uh, Blood on Blood from the New Jersey re record right. in the in the Pro Tools file. So even the mix is, even though I tried to keep the mix a little more modern with frequency response and stuff, the reverbs and just the different the, the different things. I was truly trying to make it sound like it was a throwaway song off of the New Jersey record completely on purpose. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, it's like love for sale or something. <laughs> so, so much so that Hugh McDonald, Bon Jovi's bass player, actually wrote the bass part to it for me. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't play on it because I had a lot of ideas during COVID. And I was going to do, I was going to, when I wrote the song, and then I thought it sounded like Bon Jovi, I thought, Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write a whole record that sounds like Bon Jovi, and the whole campaign is going to be because John won't. And that was going to be my <laughs> tagline. Hashtag because John won't. And I, I went up by Hugh, and Hugh was like, brother, I can't. I can't play on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Hugh, Hugh and me have gone by for years. I knew Hugh before I was in Brett's band, and Hugh's played on some of the Brett Michaels records with us. And he's, uh, I don't know if you guys are Bon Jovi fans, but I like Bon Jovi. I used to see go see Bon Jovi as a kid. Yeah. Well, are you an LA guy? I'm in uh, San Diego, dude. San Diego, right. I live right. right near Camp Pendleton in Oceanside, California. Right, because originally you were Stephen's neighbor, right? Right, and that was here, North County, San Diego, Carlsbad. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He had moved down there. Wasn't he trying to get a little bit away for a little bit of the hustle bustle I, or something? Yeah, well, he's originally from San Diego, so yeah, he was yeah. looking for uh, a property to invest in, and he ended up getting that place in probably 87. Gotcha. And I, you I were down there then. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I got to tell you, I was 15 and he moved in across the street. I, I got to tell you, man, Stephen, um, I love his book. I, doesn't he talk a section in his book where he's basically hiding out in the bushes at the Van Halen house and shit like that? Right. They used to, Eddie used to stash his booze at Stephen's yeah, yeah. house from Valerie. <laughs> right, and, right. Yeah. So he, he totally knew Van Halen. He loved Van Halen. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen, but you see that tattoo there? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, nice. you know. So I, I I always feel like I'm connected with Steven because of his connection to Van Halen. Awesome. <laughs> well, then you're connected to pretty much every guitar player known to man at this point. Much, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, Pete, where are you going to be for the next, you know, the next year? I'd imagine. It sounds like you guys are going to be pretty busy with the Party Gras tour, and then I'd imagine there's stuff behind that. No. Uh, well. Yeah, yeah. So for the rest of the month, me and Chad finish up our acoustic thing we're doing. Right. We're in, we're in Long Island, um, somewhere in Connecticut, and in Boston this weekend. Um, and then uh, Brett, we're doing one of those cruises, but it's not the Monsters of Rock cruise. Okay, we're doing a different one uh, with Devo. It's wow. Devo and, wow. and and us and a bunch of those kind of more '80s pop bands. You know, okay, and, sweet. Um, and then uh, we have a handful of things that we're going to do. Um, we, we're going to be real, real busy, but those 12 dates are Live Nation dates, and Live Nation laid down a lot of rules that we weren't allowed to talk for a couple. You know, we, had to, right. we, we have to wait till next week. They, they okay. wanted us to give two weeks for them to promote um, the, 
their their shows exclusively, and then we'll announce a bunch of the rest of the dates. And there, and it, there'll be dates with Night Ranger and Starship. It'll be the same. It'll be that party girl package, but they won't be Live Nation rooms. So we'll do people be doing get that. beads though? Are there beads included? With the tickets or anything like Mardi Gras beads or Party Gras beads or flashing boobies or what? Please please tell me why you asked that. (laughs) Well, Party Gras, I'm thinking Mardi Gras. I'm thinking. Okay, so you haven't heard you haven't heard any of Brett's interviews then. No, not no. yet. For, not for the tour. Oh, I thought, the tour. Okay, well, that's amazing then. That makes it even better. Brett, every interview Brett's done from Eddie Trunk to Good Morning Football, the first thing he starts off with is telling everyone how we're giving them all beads when they walk in. Oh, the hilarious. <laughs> nice. I must have sucked that out of the ether with my brain because I hadn't heard that yet. But yeah. No, we've idea. been doing it. At, we've been doing <laughs> it, actually. He's been testing what Party Girl means for the since we started going back from COVID a year ago. So sure. we've been we've been doing the beads and changing our set music in between uh, and trying to create the, that, that basically he wants to find himself somewhere between Sammy Hagar and Jimmy Buffett in that whole yeah. beach vibe. He wants to be a little more pop and fun than Hagar, but a little more rocking and, and, and hard than Buffett. He wants to find the middle ground. Well, you know what, man? And he's, he's got a real chance to become that guy. Because Definitely. he's he's young enough. He, he's young enough, and he's but he's universally loved, and he still looks like Brett Michaels. Mm-hmm, I mean, right. honestly, he if you go back to when did they take the the paint off their face? Was that um, really? It was the second. Re- no, to, to be honest with you, it was the second record. They only looked like that on Cat Dragged. In the next no. record, the, the next record, they had some eyeliner and stuff like that, yeah. but they were wearing leather. They weren't just like girls. You knew they the were dudes of- by the record. The yeah, record. By, by the yeah, <laughs> and, and then by Flesh and Blood, they were just they denim were, and T-shirts. Right. Yeah, and I, I mean, but he still looks the same. He looks exactly the same because he wakes up in the morning and he starts doing sit-ups. Yeah, I, I was going to say. <laughs> what are those? He, he doesn't even get out of his bed. He just wakes up and starts doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think he's gained 10 pounds in 40 years. Makes me that crazy. That gets well, harder he, and harder the older you get. You know he's a diabetic. Yes. Right. So, so a lot of times we talk about the diabetes being a battle is also the reason that he still looks that way. He has to or he dies. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? can't eat cake or anything like that. Yeah, because because he can. I've been there with him when he eats a whole fucking pizza, and he knows what's going to happen. He gets all his medicine out. He knows what's going to happen, and he's like, "Fuck it, man! I've eaten fucking peanut butter crackers for the last four weeks. I'm going to have a fucking pizza." Got to live. When he a does, he go- and when he does, he goes for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but but he earns those calories. That guy stays in the gym, and mm-hmm. and, oh, and yeah. You know, but it's not a vanity thing. I mean, he he knows the importance of the health and looking good, but it's about staying alive. Well, yeah, but it's also it's also what has separated him from pretty much everybody he came up with. Right, very much so. Very you much. know, I mean, it's it's definitely been a, and it's also why he's rich as fuck because he couldn't spend <laughs> it all on the drugs. <laughs> That's true too. <laughs> very <laughs> true there. Well, Pete, yeah. this has been a lot of fun, man. Um, obviously, uh, you are going to be out on the road doing the uh, the current thing that you're doing is the acoustic gigs with uh, Chad Stewart of Faster Pussycat. Look for yeah. the party gras details and stuff behind it. Um, shortly i guess and and where should we tell people to look to find out where you guys are going to be and where you're going to be and and all that stuff 
Um, you know what? Obviously, brettmichaels.com and just Brett Michaels on any of the social media. He, um, and then if you're interested in anything I'm doing personally, uh, you just type my name, Pete Evick, in Facebook or Instagram. I haven't, I'm not youthful enough to be doing the, what's the fucking other one? TikTok. TikTok. I can't even remember TikTok. <laughs> We're not doing TikTok. Brett does TikTok. He gets millions of views on TikTok. I can't ever even remember what it is. But uh, yeah, uh, Instagram and Facebook and, and Twitter. Uh, I didn't do Twitter for a long time, but I'm starting to go back to it. Uh, I, you never know what's happening there. Everyone hates everybody on it. And if, with all these Twitter dumps, you got to get on there. You're like, what are they talking yeah. about? <laughs> yeah. So I got to tell you, man, I. I I, it was exciting to talk to you guys, man. I, I appreciate it. And this was fun know, today, man. Like, I'm so glad I got to meet you, Pete. Yeah, and and next time we're somewhere together, we got to make sure that we actually hang. I I uh, I try to leave everyone alone in other bands unless I, I you know actually know the guys. No, I'm but, sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but but right. you're great, man, and I've always enjoyed watching you play. It's always been great. Oh, thanks, buddy. Very good. Yeah. Well, Pete, I figure what we'll do is we'll wrap this one up by giving people a taste of best days. Oh, there you go. There you go. There it is. There's your... <laughs> nice. So, um, so Pete, uh, one more time. The new song is best days. It's out on YouTube. Go watch it 450 yes, times. Every, yeah, if every watch person it. watches 450 times, then it'll be, then it'll be doing great. You'll make a nickel. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, I got to, I got to tell you if I don't, if you don't mind me no, go ahead. Sh shamelessly promoting my son, my, my son, Gavin Evick, he released his new video the week after I released best days. Uh, his new song is called favorite songs at uh, 16 years old, his first single ever. And he's got like 16,000 views. And I think I'm struggling for 3000. <laughs> oh, wow. Awesome. I bet he's on yeah. TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Cause he's on TikTok and he has like a million TikTok followers. I got to figure it out. Nice. Yeah, but yeah, thank, thank you for, thank you for. What about uh, your dog? Pete? Where can we look at your dog doing a uh, fetch videos? It's Bo Boba, the blue healer on Instagram. And what is his name on TikTok? TikTok. Boba, Boba, the blue healer, as a okay. Boba Fett from Star Wars. Boba nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Well, let's get you a couple of plays here. We're going to we're gonna end this with a little bit of uh, my best days. It is Evic and uh, Pete Evic. Thanks so much for joining us here on Chris. Thank Anchor you, Presents. guys. Thank, Thank you, guys, man. so, so much, man. Sure, bro. So give me tomorrow and make me